The following content is not suitable for children. We're back with pursuer needs and how we can help pursuers get what they need from their partner better. They certainly deserve it, Lori. Yes, we do. <laughs> Welcome to Foreplay Radio, Couples and Sex Therapy. I'm Lori Watson, your sex therapist. And I'm George Fallon, your couples therapist. And we are passionate about talking about sex and helping you develop a way to talk to each other. Our mission is to help our audience develop a healthier relationship to sex that integrates the mind, the heart, and the body. Always interesting when I, I'm working with a couple who ask to pursue what they need, and here comes the laundry list of what they need their partner to do differently, mm-hmm. right? And, and a lot of times that lands on the partner as what? Just as an overwhelming demand that mm-hmm. they're never good enough. Right. It hits their button. It sounds like criticism. Mm-hmm. Right. And they start to disengage and here we are again. Mm-hmm. Right. So we really want these pursuers to get clearer, what we call view of self, to go more within themselves to figure out what, what is it that they need? What would help? What's the opposite of rejection? Acceptance, right? right. Okay. Good. So with that acceptance, how can their partners show it to them? So that we're looking for active words from their partner. So to be wanted, to be seen, to be heard, to be found, to be believed in. Like these are active things that really kind of allow that pursuer's nervous system to take in that response. So often the withdrawer is hesitant and then unsure and they're cautious and eggshells. So you can see the setup for mm-hmm. both. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to want me and you kind of tell me you want me, but you say it in a way that doesn't feel that way. So I tell oh. you, right? And it's how many times have you seen that happen? Yes, hundreds, thousands. Right. So again, how do we, this is for withdrawers too listed. Like the, we get the caution. We could do another show on you soon, but just to like really get clear on the target. Mm-hmm. If you see a movie and somebody's really feeling lonely and feel and really needs to be seen or be wanted or be found, like what happens in a movie, right? What does it look like, Lori, when somebody comes and finds you? Yeah, there's this joy and excitement mm-hmm. and reunion, connection. It's lovely. You have to... The person has to do something, right? You have to climb over a fence or you open up a door. You got to do something Mm -hmm. active to kind of let this person feel the power of a response, Mm -hmm. right? And this is hard because it's hard for the pursuer to ask in a soft way. They tend to do it in a critical way. It's hard for the withdrawer to know what to do because they're tentative and on eggshells. And even if they get it right, then it's hard for the pursuer to trust it. So there are oh, so yeah. many things that could go wrong and that you. stop this and do, which make this more difficult than it seems. Yeah. It's, I, I always think about this as a pursuer and as I watch my pursuing clients, you know, sometimes the withdrawer does give them what they want mm-hmm. and it's, it's really hard to trust that. You know, it's like, well, you're just saying it because the therapist made you say it, or the tone is a little off. I, you know, it doesn't hit my body yet. There, mm. There's all these ways that we long for something, but then as soon as it comes, we're protected. Yep. We're used to this pattern of not getting it. It's really hard to let it in. I think that's one of the pieces as a pursuer that we also have to do is when the love comes, when the connection comes, 
we have to open up to it. Yeah. This is where so many of my couples find it helpful when I talk about that green, yellow, and red brain, mm. right? The green brain is when we're open and responsive. That's when our ventral dorsal, ventral vagal nerves run in the show. Mm-hmm. But what happens with pursuers is even though they want something and they ask for it and their partner gives it to them, the act of getting what they need is so infrequent that it triggers a yellow brain mistrust. And that mistrust pushes the partner away. Mm-hmm. So how do we see the predictable? Because they, they don't give their partner the success in their withdrawing partner's risk mm-hmm. coming forward is met with doubt. And so the withdrawing partner says, why should I do this? It triggers their yellow brain. Yeah, right. Okay. That's what's so tragic about the math in this. You do some beautiful work with the pursuer and get them into vulnerability and ask for some help, right? They're in a green brain if you're asking for help. The withdrawer is impacted. They want to help. They're in a green brain. They try to respond. We're good here, right? Mm -hmm. And yet we don't see the predictable in that response from the withdrawer because it's so new and 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 it's a risk to watch something and good. And they're anxious they're about anxious. doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. It triggers the pursuer's brain to go yellow. Yeah, because they're so vigilant for authenticity yeah. and they're, they're wanting it so bad that they really scrutinize how it comes. Right. But it's true, right? Then that little bit of risk that their withdrawing partner takes yep. is seen through and the read is wrong. That's right. the problem is the pursuer reads it wrong. They read the anxiety as inauthenticity. I, I see this a lot with yep. partners, particularly female partners who maybe have been very rejecting sexually, mm-hmm. but they will say to their partner, you know what? You don't ever come on to me. You don't really, really like want me and show that. Because, you know, they've backed up. The male yeah. has backed up. And then he'll try. Okay, you know, I'm going to be really sexy and seductive. And You're she's looking like, good, baby. And she's like, that, that is, that's such a line. You know, like she doesn't yeah. trust it. Yeah. Yeah. And when she doesn't trust it in her yellow brain, it triggers his brain to go yellow. And it happens like that. You have two green brains taking new moves and immediately they go into yellow brains and the negative cycles back. Right. right? So I think as a therapist or, or a listener, like to be prepared for this, like to be ready for mistrust. If you could befriend mistrust, if mm-hmm. you could give it permission, it does wonders to pull that brain green. Okay, wait, who are, who is befriending mistrust? Both need to, but in, in this case, say I help that withdrawer say, you know what, it's okay that you don't trust this. How could you trust this? I haven't mm-hmm. done this, right? So this is the first time. It's okay not to trust it. When you give somebody permission for mistrust, it pulls the brain green. Mm-hmm. So I want to empower my withdrawers. Like, don't get surprised. If this is going to happen. When you get it right, you're going to run into mistrust. And you got to mm-hmm. learn how to kind of hang in there with that mistrust, give it permission and see if that calms it down. Okay, let's do this. I, I want to see it happen. All right, Lori. So okay. give us an example here. Okay, so let's just pretend uh, a typical couple. I'll be the sexual pursuer. You be the sexual withdrawer. Okay. You know, honey... I kind of wait all week for Friday night and I know you work hard and you're busy and, but, you know, I, I really need that connection between us uh, of intimacy and sex. And I get anxious on Friday, you know, if there's no plans or you come home tired, I, I'm just basically, I'm afraid that if I bring it up to you, 
mostly I get afraid that you're going to say you're too tired or you don't want to. But what I feel inside when that mm-hmm. happens is I'm so disappointed mm-hmm. because I've been with the kids all week. It's like I need this part to feel connected to you. I need this part to feel like a woman instead of just a mother. Mm-hmm. And and then, I, I don't know, I, it always feels like I'm. it's a big deal inside me. Right. Big deal to bring it up to you. Well, I'm glad you're bringing it up. And a lot of times I am tired and I don't, you know, I always think there's tomorrow and it's really not that big of a deal, but I don't know you feel that bad. I just think it's not that big a deal for you too. So I I appreciate you sharing this. I feel sad that you feel so disappointed. Thank you. I I mean, but it's hard for me to believe really that you feel this with me. I mean, because it just happens so often Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you're trying to feel what I feel, but it it doesn't kind of feel genuine to me that you're saying you feel sad. It's like, honey, I, I've told you a million times how rejected I feel yeah. in this. Well, again, you usually tell me when we're fighting with each other, so I don't hear it the same way. And it's okay to not trust that. I think I haven't done such a great job of understanding this place. And, you know, so I... I I I agree that you shouldn't really trust it. Mm. Okay. And if I do a better job, I think things would change, and that's what I'm hoping to do. Mm -hmm. So something that you said there did kind of hit me a little bit better. Okay. I think it was... You know, kind of saying, I know I haven't done a good job of feeling this with you, essentially. That really, those words hit me better. Like recognizing that there has been in the past a way that, you know, you haven't been strong enough in your delivery to me mm-hmm. that you get me about how bad it feels. So that, that, it was almost like somewhat apologetic, but it wasn't you saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's, it was like you stayed with me in mm-hmm. a different way. That is your brain getting pulled green. Okay. Right, and that's because I befriended your mistrust instead of taking it so personally. Mm-hmm. And we could train both partners to do a better job of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, the negative cycle has prevented me from really getting your perspective. Mm-hmm. You haven't really gotten my perspective. That's what a negative cycle is. Sure. Why do I need to fight that? I know I've tried, but the reality is the impact is I haven't really gotten your disappointment. Mm-hmm. Right. If I would have, we probably would be doing things differently. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's when you your mistrust says, "But this doesn't feel authentic." I can argue with that, mm-hmm. or I could just listen to the wisdom of that to say, "You know what? You're right. This is I'm feeling this way now." But how could you trust that you've never really seen that, and your body's mm-hmm. scared that next week it's going to disappear anyway? Mm-hmm. So it's okay to mistrust. Right. I do need to do a better job of following through. Trust is earned. Right through experience, it's not a choice. So again, I'm I'm up to the challenge, and it actually is empowering for me to befriend your mistrust instead of fighting. It's like a judo move. I can fight it and get defensive, and we're just going to continue to get each other's brain yellow and defensive. Or I can just listen to the wisdom of what it's saying and kind of move with it, which allows you to feel more. I mean, the mistrust is an opportunity for deeper connection, depending on what the partner does with the Mm -hmm. mistrust. So we want the withdrawing partner to prepare for that their first efforts at understanding and being with their pursuing partner in all the hurt and the abandonment and those things, their partner is not going to receive it easily in the beginning. Yep. 
end by not allowing me to get too defensive. When I get defensive, I leave. I reject my partner. The worst thing happens when I go back to defending myself. Mm -hmm. So this gives me more of a chance to hang in there because the opposite of rejection is understanding and acceptance. So I want to try as hard as I can to hit that target. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Good. Glad you like it. Now we <laughs> got to prepare the pursuer for the withdrawer's mistrust, right? For the wobbling that's going to happen or the, the fears, the caution that comes into place. Like they're trying a new move. Yeah, like the anxiety that they're feeling yep. as a pursuer. I have to have some space for that. It, it's really a, a growing relationship together that I have to, I always think of it as shaping, you know, there's this concept in education where when a child is learning something, you help them toward the target. You don't expect them to hit the target right in the beginning. So first of all, if my withdrawing partner is sitting with me, trying to hear my feelings, that's a big win. That's absolutely. It's a big win, you know, and as a pursuer, if I even try to do it softly, that's a big win for myself. And for my partner. So, I mean, we're not going to have perfect conversations in the beginning. Yeah. And and I think people worry about, okay, so I have these conversations and I tell you how disappointed I am in you and you accept that. Now what? You yeah. know, I'm not going to get my needs met. And I would just say to everybody out there that when we heal the negative cycle, there's a new way of being with each other that oftentimes the way we solve the problems is very, very different. Right. Well, let's get into that when we come back on how do you get to the heart of the problem and actually get the reach in these places that really transform relationships. Okay. Okay, May 20th is our couple's retreat. So great sex, great love. You can find it on our website on foreplayradiosextherapy.com. And we just invite you as a couple to come and join us on May 20th. It's Friday. It's all day. We talk all about sex. We talk about everything. And we do it in a way that's safe and not embarrassing. But if you come, you will have conversations you've never had before. Yes. So May 20th, again, great sex, great love. Please join us. Come on. Speaking with certified sex therapist Lori Watson from Awakening Center for Couples and Intimacy. Lori, what is an intensive? So an intensive is 12 to 14 hours of therapy all in one weekend. And it's a way to really make fast progress on an issue that you've been stuck in. Maybe it's a sexual issue or a relationship issue. People will fly in maybe on a Friday and we'll do three hours usually, get them acclimated, kind of set a direction. And then on Saturday, we usually do four or five hours and Sunday morning, four or five hours as well. Compared to weekly therapy, I mean, there's just so much more you can get done when you have a chunk of time. How do people know if an intensive will help them? I do an initial hour interview to make sure that the candidate is suited for that kind of deep, long work. And also to make sure that I'm the right person. And for the record, if you don't choose to come in and see me, then you don't have to pay for that hour. Overcome the challenges in your relationship and your sex life. Learn more about intensives and Awakening Center's other services at awakenloveandsex.com. It's time to take your body care routine to the next level. Introducing Osea's bestseller body care set, the perfect companion for your summer travels. 
This four-piece kit transforms dry skin to silky, soft, and glowing. It features travel sizes of Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil and Body Butter, clinically proven to improve skin elasticity, along with their anti-aging body balm and salts-of-the-earth body scrub. And to top it off, it's packed in a vegan leather bag, making it a must-have for all your summer adventures. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat yourself to glowing, healthy skin this summer with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, you can get the best seller's body care set valued at $78 for 33% off. Use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER. So, Lori, here's the, the heart of Upper Sewer doing it differently to go into the depths of the fears. We talked about those three waves. They get rejected. Then they get blamed for the rejection. And then they believe that they deserve the rejection, right? It's that deserving the rejection, that really shameful, broken, lonely, nasty place, right? It's in that place that we really need to help the pursuer the most. We need to help them find the courage to kind of ask for help in that place, ask for what they need. Right? And we don't want to do this if the withdrawer is not engaged and trying and knowing what to do with mistrust. We need a lot of safety in place to set up this risk because you don't want somebody to ask, deep down, I feel unlovable. Can you help me? To have their partner say, yeah, I'm not really sure what to do here and disengage. Mm. Right? That kills people. I mean, that mm-hmm. really is about – that's the worst thing that could happen is we hand our heart over on a, on a plate and our partner kind of rejects it. Right. So we're telling people, pursuers, this isn't your first rodeo. No. I mean, you have to do some work together as a couple to get to before this place. before this is going to work. Yeah. We we don't want to set you up to be vulnerable and tell your deepest darkest fear mm-hmm. and have your partner not know what to do with it or reject you or run for the hills because it's like that language, that intensity yep. is just way beyond them. Yeah, so there has to be some work that's already gone into this conversation. Exactly. And if you don't ask, you're not going to get what you need in this place. Mm -hmm. So this is the ultimate target. And we want to give people, even when I see a couple for the first time, I have this conversation in my head. I already envision, maybe it's 20 sessions down the road, but this is what this couple could do. And if they could do this, they'd have a very different relationship. Right, right. So I, I love that. The hope that you have for people. Yeah. And mm-hmm. and you too. That's why we're doing this. Yeah. Right. We have a vision yeah. that's based on science, supported by all religious traditions that say in places of darkness, you know how to bring in the light. That's where healing and transformation happens. I agree. And I, and I often, it's like I see the path almost in session one. If this person could just do this and this person could just do that, they're going to, they're going to be on it. Yep. Yeah. So what is it going to look like? The pursuer has to go into the fears, into the darkness, right? Actually touch that part in themselves, right? So do they feel unlovable? Do they feel broken? Do they feel too much? Do they feel disgusting, fat, stupid? Whatever these shameful places tell ourselves. And whenever you go there, I always encourage people, give, give me a physical marker. Where do you feel that? 
Mm-hmm. You feel that in your stomach? Do you feel nauseous? Do you feel that in your chest? You can't breathe? Do you feel it in your head? You can feel it pounding, mm-hmm. right? We really want these markers because when people get the help they need, we want to come back and see if that place shifts because that's mm-hmm. when we know it's working and we're on target. Mm-hmm. If the body relaxes, if the body feels better- In getting what it we needs. We know that emotionally, because emotions are part of our our thoughts, our body, and our feelings, we know they got what they wanted. Exactly. And so you're you're trying to teach people listen to your body. I, I I think yeah, the body is so smart, and it's often a faster mm-hmm. way to understand that we're not feeling good before we burst out or before we withdraw. It's like our body is already telling us something. Exactly. Yeah. So I really want that pursuer to go to that deeper place. I know it's alive. Mm-hmm. Those synapses where the memories of past are stored start to open up. Mm-hmm. Right. Once I have that, I want to make sure the withdrawer is in a safe place. They're in a green brain. They're going to respond, right? That they're, they're seeing the opportunity. I'm not worried about next week or next month. I'm just worried about this moment. If your partner risks that pursuer, are you going to show up? That's all that matters. You just, it's not about fixing problems. It's about engaging. Can you stay engaged? I get a thumbs up from the withdrawer. I'm like, good, let's keep going. Okay, so how do I get a thumbs up from my withdrawing partner? What am I looking for that I know this is a, the time for this conversation? Well, usually by this time, the withdrawer has taken some risks and the pursuer has responded. So a lot of times I'll, I'll remind the withdrawer, you know, you remember a couple sessions ago where you went into a place of failure and your pursuer partner showed up for you, mm-hmm. right? And, and what a gift that was. This is your chance to return the favor. This is your chance to show up in a way for your partner that no one else ever has before. That's empowering for the withdrawer, right? That really kind of encourages that longing inside of them that wants to be there mm. right i usually when you give that a little nudge they're like yeah i'm here i'm ready to go so this is when our partner has already started to take risks yeah the withdrawing partner has already started to risk about their fear of failing us or their fear mm-hmm. of not being enough for us or, or whatever that the pursuer then it's probably safer to go into the dark place and yep. talk about it yeah so once you get them into that dark place you know, I will often say, hey, Lori, close your eyes right now, <laughs> right? You're my pursuer. Okay. As you start to kind of feel into that place where you feel too much and you feel that kind of nauseous feeling in your stomach mm-hmm. that says, here I am again. All this work is not being in this place again and it's got me again. Mm. How do you think we could help you there? Just listen to your stomach. What, what might help mm. you in this place where you feel not only alone, but that nobody wants you and it's your fault why mm. nobody wants you? Mm. Okay. Yeah. Again, most of the time when we ask, people aren't going to know because this hasn't been an option and this is risky to ask, but we're, we're given the space. We're opening up the space for that to become that, that need, that longing there to start emerging. Mm. So oftentimes pursuers are going to want to be told it's going to be Okay. Or that they're loved, even in these places. It's so counterintuitive. So what do you think you might want in that place? Definitely the reassurance. Reassurance. Yeah, reassurance. Right, contact. Right, connection, which is what's been missing in this place of shame and Mm -hmm. darkness. Mm -hmm. So 
once you start to touch that place, you got to ask for it. And this is the biggest, this is what we call not only a corrective emotional experience, but this is what Sue Johnson calls a hold me tight experience. This is the essence of secure attachment. To go to your places of fear, sit in it long enough to figure out what you need and ask for help, to Mm -hmm. ask for those needs. When couples can do this, they have secure attachment, right? This Mm -hmm. is the safest, best relationships on this planet. Mm -hmm. But this is a risky thing to do as you start to touch that place. What might you need? This is what we call the enactment, right? You got to turn and ask for it. It's one thing to listen to a therapist or a podcast and you kind of nod your head and it makes a lot of sense. But to turn to your partner, look them in the eyes and ask for it. This is the most riskiest thing you can do, right? It's it also the most powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's the need below the fear and the darkness. Mm-hmm. There is a need, and that's that's the good news because we don't have to stay forever in that dark place. We can get the need met, yep. usually. So I want to read off some pursuers' okay. needs that I've had in session that okay. they've said. And I invite you all to just feel the riskiness of these things. Right. So a pursuer saying, can you hold me and show me I'm lovable, especially mm-hmm. when I doubt it myself? Mm-hmm. I'm too much. No one has ever wanted me in this place. They want me in all these other places where I get it right. But in this place, no one has ever wanted me. Do you want me? Mm -hmm. I feel invisible, right? It's tough for me to see myself in this dark place. I feel like I don't deserve to be seen here. Do you want to see me? I do not fight for me here. I reject myself in this place. Can you fight for me? Mm -hmm. No one chooses me in this ugly place. Would you choose me seeing how ugly I am here? I don't believe in me. Can you believe in me? Can you feel the riskiness in that? Totally. It's like I I feel tears as you're talking. Like George as a pursuer, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's, I mean, all of these things, I think, Pursuers say, I've heard them, I've felt them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we know it's risky when you don't know the answer to the question. Mm -hmm. How could you know the answer? No one has wanted you in these shameful dark Mm -hmm. places. But that's what love does, right? This is where we need love the most. When you can make it safe and pursuers can ask for that love. And that withdrawal shows up in a really strong, active way. Because usually this bursts the withdrawal's heart. I had no idea you were suffering so much. Mm Mm-hmm. You need me to love you in this place where you feel too much? I can do that, right? This is easier for the withdrawer because it's just about engaging and being active. And, and I, I'm going to encourage that withdrawer. How do you show that? A lot of times they might say, yeah, next time you feel this way, let me know and I'll show up. No, they're feeling that way now. Right. How do you show up? Right, you want that big hug. This is the Hollywood moment, right? You want like, this is where I go to a picture. I want to <laughs> see active, pick each other up and, and, Tight squeeze. Tight squeeze. Violin comes out. You know, this is the music <laughs> changes. It's it's this magical moment that's a beautiful part, you know, for us to be witness of that, right? Mm-hmm. And but it's not over then. Right now, I want to go back to that pursuer where they feel it in their body and see if it shifted. If your stomach feels nauseous and no one has ever loved you here, and you've asked for love, and here comes your partner loving you, you should come back to that body, and it should shift. 
people should feel lighter, calmer, more relaxed, warmer, right? These are just natural emotional signals of shift, of love, of connection. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get it, there's more mistrust and we'll do that work and all that other stuff. We'll, we'll, go, we'll, be again. Ready for it. we'll go again. <laughs> but do you have that target? People listening, can you imagine? Most people have not done this in their life. They have not gone to the heart of their fears and asked for help. Mm-hmm. But I can guarantee if you do that and your partner shows up, when things are safe, you don't want to take a reckless risk with this. But when you do this, you will never be safer or feel more loved mm-hmm. when we're loved in broken places. Yeah, beautiful. I love what you just said. Very helpful. Let's do it. Go out there and get some more love, everyone. <laughs> okay, thanks for listening. Keep it hot. Take those risks. Hey, don't forget to check out uberlube.com with the coupon foreplay. It really helps us to support the podcast and keep delivering free content. Thanks so much. Call in your questions to the foreplay question voicemail. Dial 833-MY-4PLAY. That's 833-MY, the number four, play. And we'll use the questions for our mailbag episodes. All content is for entertainment purposes only and should not be considered as a substitute for therapy by a licensed clinician or as medical advice from a doctor. This podcast is copyrighted by 4Play Media.